Good morning, folks. This is Alex Sinek from Life Beyond 55. Now, one of the interesting things is that you do not have to be 55 to actually get onto the site. You know, anybody can go on there. And also, you don't have to be 55 to be interviewed. Uh, however, a lot of times I speak to people that have unique ideas, business systems that could help somebody that is aging and time goes on or with certain situations that they may encounter that they need some help with. So today I have Anne Heil here and uh, she told me that her name uh, rhymes with smile. So yes, you have a lovely smile. And I'm just curious, <clears throat> I saw some of your pictures on Facebook and I, I, uh, I was looking at it. You had a beautiful picture with a hat and there was some kind of comment about a redhead. Are you a redhead? I sure am. Yeah, today it's, it's a little bit, all the light and everything is not as red as that. I'm married to a gorgeous redhead also. So um, are you tall? I am. I, I'm tall. I'm fiery. I'm all the things a redhead is supposed to be. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, my wife is much taller. She's like four inches taller than me. And, uh, you know, so it doesn't matter. You know, age is a number and uh, height is a number and we don't worry about any of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So, uh, if anybody asks, I'm 36. I would just like that record to state. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, uh, we were with some uh, some teenagers the other day. Uh, my daughter invited all her friends over from Tampa and uh, she took a week off work and they're hanging out and all that. And one of the young people, uh, you know, my, uh, my wife said, how old do you think Alex is? And he said, yeah, he looks like about 47. I said, you're so close. I'm going <laughs> to be 72 this year. So, you know, it was really close. <laughs> That's so awesome. That made, that made my day pretty good. But, uh, you know, like I said, age is a, age is a number. And uh, I remember when I was young, uh, I used to think that once you hit 50 and 60, life is over. You know, it's, it's you're done. And uh, so... It's exciting. I mean, life is, is getting better every day. Uh, we have so much technology and so much great medicine, even with the pandemic that's going on, you know, we still are living longer as humanity and uh, we're enjoying a better lifestyle. So that, that's what it's about. Now, speaking of lifestyle, I saw you were on a vacation and you're up in, uh, is it New Hampshire? Actually, I kind of did a round robin. I'm from <laughs> New Hampshire originally. Um, but we did New Hampshire, we were in Boston, and then we spent most of our vacation up in uh, gorgeous Maine, very quintessential, you know, eating lobster, freezing our buns off in the water, uh, enjoying the fireworks. It just, it's like being in a, in a whole nother country. I've not been to Europe, but it's what I imagine it might be like, just a slower pace of life and uh, just good times with family. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it is. And, and my wife's uh, one of her uh, big things is that she wants to get up there and do the, uh, you know, the mansion walk and she wants to go to Martha's Vineyard. I've been to all those places up there because I with, with the real estate business, I've been traveling a lot. I worked for a company for 16 years. I was the uh, VP of training. So I traveled to all the cities that we had offices. I trained everywhere. So I've been all over the United States. Uh, I've been to most major cities and I loved it up there. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's close to Canada up there. So you, you're getting some of that, that Canadian weather, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It rained half the time we were there and everyone acted like it was no big deal. So we just really embraced uh, puddle stomping and uh, yeah. 
Well, I had a couple of things I was going to also ask you about. Uh, I saw your, your beautiful younger sister. Uh, she was, was she competing in something? Yeah, actually, um, God is funny. She looks exactly like me, but I'm all hips and curves and she's straight as an arrow. <laughs> but the funny thing is she's always, she's been working really hard uh, just on her physical fitness. And so she was in a fitness competition um, and she's still in the running. So I'm very proud of her. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, with I, I... That. But yeah, she's what I would look, I always say she's my living before and after. Uh, because she's probably about 60 pounds smaller than me. My mom says we're the number 18 when we stand together. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is like that. I have a picture of me uh, around here somewhere when I was 18. And I was a gymnast and, uh, you know, I had a six pack and I was in buff and I was looking fantastic. And I was say to people inside of me lives that good looking guy in there okay that guy's in there i know inside this chubby little body is that guy you know because i knew he was in there one time you know we were all hot and sexy and all that and we aged and you know sometimes gravity takes over and whatever you know I, I don't worry too much about it you don't worry too much about it it was nice to see your sister but you know what was most exciting for me to see because I, I, I looked up, you know, because you said you were just back from vacation, 90 year old. Yes, my father is a temple of health. Um, you know, when he was 76, he ran his last marathon. Um, he just about probably four or five years ago stopped running altogether. In fact, he was about 85 when I could run a faster mile than him. And I remember finishing that run and saying, yes, daddy. Finally, I beat you. And he said, congratulations, I'm 85 years old. You beat someone who's 85. <laughs> <clears throat> that's, that's right. Yeah, I know. It was really nice to see. He does look very healthy. He does look very, uh, you know, virile and, and very, very fit. You know, uh, it looked, looked really good. I, I, there was no way I would have thought he was 90 years old unless you, you posted it. But that was nice, you know, and you're very fortunate. Uh, both your parents are alive. Uh, you know, I lost my dad. He was 63 years old. And when I hit 63, I was a little concerned, you know, but uh, my mom, she was um, 91 when she passed. So uh, basically, uh, you know, I'm thinking I probably have her genes and I plan to live to 120 anyways. I already picked out the date, 2069, <laughs> September the 9th at nine o'clock. I'm going to check off the earth. You know, I've already decided. So that way, I don't have to wonder about a surprise heart attack, a car accident or anything like that. I know where I'm going. So I can live freely without any worry or anything like that. See? Absolutely. That's the only way to live life. You know, even with, you know, the <clears throat> epidemic and everything, I figure, you know, you could walk across the street and get hit. You just never know. So if you live every day to the absolute fullest and just be thankful <clears throat> and realize your blessings, I think that's about, that's absolutely what my father taught me and seeing him just uh, so energetic at 90, still looking like Paul Newman and still good with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's well, what that's... life's all about though. Just keeping that energy alive and keeping out there. And of course, we're very blessed being here in Florida and the beautiful sun. I was swimming at 830 last night. Like, yeah. how can we complain about life? We have it very, very good. I know I used to spend all year working my butt off up in Canada so I can go two week vacation to Florida 
now I live on vacation and my wife and I, we live in Latitude Margaritaville. It's a 55 plus community. And I tell my kids the reason we moved here so they can never come home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was one of the reasons, but, but it's, it's, uh, I was at the pool the other day and we were chatting with some people and, you know, they were looking at Margaritaville to move here and they go, when you live here, where do you go on vacation? I said, you don't need to like, right. yeah, you know, I can go to the beach in 15 minutes. Uh, I have all these gorgeous, fantastic places around. And uh, they say, well, aren't you worried about the hurricanes and stuff? My wife lived through 35 hurricanes, you know, and she's still standing. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. Hey, there's wildfires in California. There is earthquakes in, in Nevada. I lived in Nevada. There is uh, tornadoes and, and bad weather and, and snow and sleet and all kinds of things all over the place. I still prefer to be here because it's oh, it, is, it is nicer, you know. So, anyways, uh, it, that was that was exciting to see. And congratulations, you know that that that's great that uh, your folks are uh, alive and that's that's a good thing, you know, because it's so final, you know, that people say, when you're going to retire? And I say, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to work until I go because what am I going to do? I enjoy it. I play racquetball. I usually play an hour and a half, two hours every day. Uh, I try to stay fit. And it's nice to see when, when all these people like your dad, you know, are a huge example of what life is about and what it can be if you take care of yourself. Uh, before we get into and, and ask you some questions, and I just want to mention something. I was at a funeral about three, four weeks ago. It was my, my uh, youngest daughter's mom's uh, mom died. So the grandma died and she was uh, 86 and she's a twin. Now, she was grossly overweight. She was out of shape, never did much of anything, uh, you know, after a while, just sat around, watched TV, ate a lot of fatty foods, didn't move much, got really, really huge. And finally she died. Her sister, you wouldn't even recognize that the two, at one point they looked the same, but the sister decided to just take care of herself. She looks amazing for the same age. She's all vibrant, she's driving, she's having fun, she's enjoying life. So. That was gave me an example of what is possible because they they were only 15 minutes apart when they were born. And if you know, that's one of those examples of, you know, what if you did this and what if you did that? And you look at two people the same age, the same genetics, same everything and look at the differences. So I think it's it's really powerful when you see that. So. Uh, congrats again. Anyways, uh, we, we met through some friends, uh, you know, some mutual acquaintances, and we chatted a little bit. Uh, and then uh, you started telling me about what you do. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. It would be a good subject to kind of like open up and, you know, uh, let people know what this is all about. Because at first I had a misconception of what you do. <clears throat> you know, when you say it's claims adjuster, you know, I'm, you know, I was like, okay, she's a claims adjuster. Okay, so she's an insurance person, you know, and all that. But it's not like that at all. You, your business is something different and it's unique and it's very helpful to people who may need your assistance. So tell us about, um, you know, we already know you're from New Hampshire. So tell us about the business. Tell us about how long you've been doing it, what it's all about, and, and how you can assist people of any age, of any any situation. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I would say public adjusting is probably the most uh, misunderstood uh, career that, that there is. So um, I work with honor public adjusting and uh, basically what we do is we're advocates for the homeowner. Is, uh, so we don't work for a specific contractor. We don't work for the insurance companies. We advocate to help homeowners to understand because if you've ever had an insurance claim, they can be very confusing. Um, there's a lot of fear that's involved in it. Um, I, I found out that homeownership is far more emotional than I ever thought it would be. Um, and when that home is in danger, you know, those four walls, those are your safety. Um, and as you get older and maybe you're, you're widowed or a widower and you're on your own, even more so because that is all you have. And so where we really excel in all public adjusters in general is to be able to help homeowners understand that, first of all, there's someone else to help shoulder that concern that really for most of them, it's like when you're, you're redoing something in your house, you're not actually doing the work the contractor is. It's the same way with public adjusting. And so we can help on a lot of different um, playing fields. Now, most people who know me, of course, having the last name Heil, it rhymes with smile. And so all of my friends know that I can help them with their denials. And so they keep <laughs> those things in mind. So we always say turning denials into smiles. Um, and so it helps I have a catchy last name. Um, but beyond that, we uh, assist with the homeowner. So a lot of times they might get what's called a denial or a partial denial where um, generally it starts with the roof, uh, not always. Sometimes it can have to do with fire or foundation or flooding. Um, but we actually work pretty hand in hand with insurance companies because a lot of times we'll come out and we will fully inspect a property and we'll let the homeowner know if they do indeed have a, a real claim because sometimes, and you've probably heard about it in the news, you know, there's door knockers out there encouraging everybody to put in a claim. And sometimes there is actually damage, sometimes there's not. But we as public adjusters, because we advocate for the homeowner, we have no problem telling them, hey, I understand you would like to put in a claim, but you don't really have the backing for that, for this particular property. Right. Um, right. We don't see, we look for telltale signs and those kind of things. And so in that manner, we really do protect the homeowner from putting in what might not be a strong claim. Sometimes it's better for them just to fix it on their own, or sometimes they don't even realize they have the damage. Um, and we can go around both from the interior and exterior and show different signs and whether it's something that they need to pay a little closer attention to. So um, we can help in a few ways. Sometimes people will call us in before they even put in a claim just to make sure they don't put in a faulty claim because obviously that's a huge <clears throat> concern. Um, and for us, you'll never see us advertising. We work on a referral basis. Um, with public adjusters, there's no money out of pocket uh, up front. And so what that means, I kind of equate it with those cheesy commercials, like we don't get paid unless you get paid. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. And so for us, you know, we don't wanna waste anyone's time or our own time taking on a claim that we don't see as strong. And so we'll tell a homeowner right there and then, 
like I see you have some damage, but perhaps it's wear and tear, or um, maybe it's not a strong enough claim. Or if it is, we'll help them and explain exactly what it is we see, and then we let them decide. So there's no strong arming or any of that. Okay, so so basically, the what happens is uh, there is a hurricane comes through, or there is some flooding, or some something happening in my house. Uh, a, a pipe bursts and and you know the ceiling falls down so now I look at that and I'm going well I have insurance so I should call the insurance company so is it a good idea that I call you first and say hey come on out and check this thing out do I have a valid claim okay so is that kind of like the way it works yeah or, that is a, yeah. that's a great way to that's probably one of the the smart ways to do it um is to have us come out and look at it first so that you don't put in a faulty claim um i get a lot of phone calls from homeowners who say hey you know i had a young man knocking at my door he told me he found hail damage and to be honest he may or may not have about 80 percent of the homes we see do indeed have hail or wind damage but if it's an unsolicited call, I would be err on the side of caution, have us come out and look at it because putting in an insurance claim is <clears throat> it's serious business and you wanna make sure that it's done correctly um, and that we can assist you with the process if it needs to follow through. Right, right, yeah, well, absolutely. When we lived in Tampa, we had a hurricane come through there and then we had all these guys coming around banging on our doors saying, hey, why don't you know you got you got damage to your roof? Well, I didn't see any damage, but they were they worked for the roofing companies, so they went around and and solicited new business. My neighbor got their roof done. The guy down the street got the roof done, and and all that. And uh, so we never did put in a claim because I didn't see any damage, and I I wasn't interested in you know just doing something that wasn't correct. So that's one way of doing it. So there is something is happening. And then I, I call you and I say, okay, check this out. The other way is that I, uh, I don't know you. I don't know about you or anything. I put in a claim with the insurance company and they deny it. So then I go, what's my recourse? And then I look around and how do I find you? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. That's probably the most common way that we get called into the picture is a homeowner will have either uh, a full denial or quite often it's what's called a partial denial, which might be maybe they're covering three or four shingles on your roof, um, but you feel like there's more damage than that. That's a perfect time for us to come out. If you look at what's called your loss statement and your policies that you by law have a right to have somebody uh, you know, defend you or to come out and at least look into it and see what it is you do have. And so what we would do is we go through the house, the roof and everything with a fine tooth comb. Do we see any telltale signs of uh, water intrusion is a biggie. Um, most people, when they think about claims, they think about hurricanes, um, but really here in Florida, what we see a lot of is hail and wind damage. Um, they're the kind of damage you can't generally see it always from your driveway, which is why roofers are out uh, knocking doors. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> however, um, once you get up there, there's ways, you know, it's pretty clear once you see it. I always say it's kind of like being pregnant. You either are or you aren't. You either yeah. have damage or you don't. Um, and the things that a homeowner say that's not going up on their roof 
and please, I discourage probably everyone I know from jumping up on their roof unless they're a trained professional because most of us don't bounce is yes if you're in your house and you look up and you see maybe coffee stains you know dark dark coloring or peeling paint around the molding or uh, the garage is a great place to look um, you see you see some signs or darkening or circles or shadows those might be signs that you have some kind of water intrusion. Now, it's okay. not always a claim. Sometimes it's a, it could be a simple repair. Um, and a lot of times somebody as simple as a, a handyman can help you with that. Right, but right. You, you definitely want to, I encourage, like even with my own family and my own parents, is get your roof checked once a year. Every roofer out there, if you go with a reputable name, um, Almost everyone does free, uh, they'll do free inspections for you. Definitely worthwhile. If you think you have a problem, we're certainly, you know, on the horn ready to come give it a look-see. And we do a very thorough, we're a little bit different than um, we're not a huge company. Um, really, we'll come out and we'll probably spend at least an hour going through, looking at everything, asking lots of questions and just to sure. see where you're at. Um, and sometimes it's just a discussion and, you know, give an encouragement, like trim the trees around your house, don't have low hanging branches, cut back the bushes. Um, right. And so a lot of the appointments we have don't become business, uh, but we're all about educating the public. Yeah, that, that, make, that makes sense. And, and I'm sure, you know, uh, there's lots of people who try to fudge the system. You know, I'm experiencing that right now with a car insurance claim, you know, where, um, it's against us, uh, you know, my daughter and, and, and a young guy had a, a very minor accident. I mean, they clipped each other and there was $500 damage to the car. And, you know, these attorneys are jumping on that. And this kid went to this attorney, this, I'm not gonna name the guy, but he's got billboards everywhere. He knows how to buy billboards. And they, it costs 500 bucks to fix my daughter's car. And the other guy is claiming $175,000 in damages. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I said, you know, uh, I said to the insurance people, I don't know what they're smoking because when I went over there to see the accident with my daughter and the kid opened his car door, you could smell the weed, you know, the, the drugs coming out of the car. So I know he was smoking something, but, you know, and these attorneys will grab onto anything and take on anything. And sometimes people take advantage of stuff. You know, they, they, uh, they just do that. You know, they're like, oh, you know, maybe I can get something for free. I know my roof is 18 years old and there was a heavy wind or we had hailstorm or something. Oh, oh I, I can get a free roof, you know, because I'm going to sell my house. I'm in real estate for 38 years. So we see all kinds of crazy stuff, you know. And uh, so here, here's a question then. So how do you get paid? Who pays you? So we get paid uh, public adjusters in general, most public adjusters get it's usually 20% of the claim is what gets paid. Um, most people feel like it's kind of absorbed into the, the cost of the claim. None of that money is paid up front. And ultimately, the homeowner decides on the final number. So for example, if you had, um, if we were assisting you with a claim, and let's say the uh, your insurance company came back and said, okay, well, you've shown us all the evidence, you've shown us all the pictures, we've, you've seen the engineering report, um, we'll give you 20,000, 
I would have to come to you and say, Alex, they're willing to settle at, at 20,000. Is that fair for you? Does that work? And you would then say yay or nay. So ultimately you still have control um, as public adjusters. We can't uh, decide that for you. Right. And so you decide that number. So most homeowners kind of figure out, um, they know they're gonna have to pay the 20% at the end, uh, but in the beginning, they usually have zero. So usually 20% of anything, if they end up with the funds in their pocket to be able to make the replacements, they will. Something I like to you know, share with homeowners is as far as if we can find the, if we see the evidence and it's a credible claim that you know, they concern like, well, I wanna make sure I'm doing the right thing or I don't wanna ask too much, the insurance companies are very good at what they do. They're not going to give a penny more or a penny less than exactly what your home is worth as far as those damages are concerned. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. we just help them to make sure that you're being assisted in that process. Because as I said, it can be it can be very overwhelming and emotional. I would say even myself. There's been many times where, you know, it gets frustrating if, you know, a, a homeowner is in a, a sense that they don't know if their roof is going to last. They don't know if their home is crumbling in. I was up till 10 o'clock last night helping a homeowner who just had questions, uh, is not yet a, a client of ours, but she was in a similar state where uh, she had a partial denial. They were only covering three or four of uh, the shingles on her roof. She said, but literally my roof is caving in on me. I can see the water coming in. I don't have anybody. I've got nothing. I'm on a limited income. I don't know what to do. And so we're going out there this afternoon just to see what it is she has, um, be able to help her evaluate what the insurance company has proposed to her. Because oftentimes the insurance company may have actually given you what you want, but you don't know how to read the forms. Um, or people will get a claim and they'll they'll try to pocket the money or shop around for deals, not realizing that the insurance company has only given them their first check. There may be a second check coming to cover for um, you know depreciation, that kind of thing. And so we assist in that manner too. Once they become a client, is helping them to understand what it is the insurance company is um, is or is not giving them. So they have a better understanding. And again, it all always comes back to education, making sure that everyone knows all, all the facts and you know, hopefully in that process, preventing people from putting in what would be considered a false claim or not a strong claim. And or if they do actually have damage, a system on, on that matter too. Okay, great. So, you know, people, uh, so they basically, uh, I'm a homeowner, I have some concerns, you come out, we have a consultation, you take a look, you go, yeah, this could be a valid claim. <clears throat> and uh, you're on my side, basically. Uh, we, we sign an agreement, I guess. And then you, you, you know, we hire you to represent us and to help us. Correct. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, again, and we don't always have people sign right there and then. But yes, it's a short, like one and a half page letter of representation, which essentially just gives us the permission to both give you information to contact your insurance company. Uh, generally, if we're brought in before a claim is even put in, that's best case scenario because we can use all of our, uh, you know, 
all of the laws to benefit the homeowner. We can use the weather reports. We can come at it through a more educated point of view um, mm -hmm. and to make sure that when the claim is put in, that it's been identified as the right type of claim. Uh, mm -hmm. Most people, I call it the H word. Most people think about, when they think about storm damage, they automatically think about hurricanes. And the real truth is not all of the homes, and especially if you're not right by the ocean, not everything is related to the hurricanes. A lot of times um, you might have a smaller claim, but it's related to hail or wind or that kind of thing. And, you know, and from that regard, we can save both the insurance company and your homeowners uh, some money in making sure that the claim yeah. is put in in the correct manner, uh, so, to, so to speak. Besides which your hurricane deductible is generally two or three times, which is why I call it the H word <laughs> yeah. um, of what your other perils would be, so. <clears throat> right, right, yeah. Well, that, that's really interesting. You know, I, I didn't even realize you guys existed until we met through a mutual friend and I didn't understand how this all worked, uh, you know, and, and, and all that. And I thought this would be good information for people to know, uh, you know, uh, especially since we live in a 55 plus community. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously you have to be 55 in order to live in here, but there's a lot of people who are a lot older than that. And not just in here, but all over Florida, you know, this is, seems to be the retirement, uh, a place for the whole country, you know, and other countries, you know, people come here to kind of like, all right, you know, I'm going to retire in somewhere nice and warm and I don't have to shovel and worry about stuff. And, uh, and, you know, we do get weather and uh, we, we end up with some problems and it's important for people to understand that there is some other help and there's some other assistance because you know, something, there's so much scammers out there for all kinds of crazy things. I, I get so many calls and text messages, you know, I love these, you know, your social security number has been used to do something and you need to contact us immediately and stuff like that. Or I, I, the one I really like is when I get a text and says, hey, I was interested in that thing that you posted on Facebook, uh, you know, uh, and they give you a link and they say, could you tell us more about this? Well, I never click on the link because it, I have no idea where it's going and I don't know what the heck they're talking about. I got nothing on, on Facebook, you know, that, that I was selling or advertising. And even though I'm in real estate, I'm thinking if somebody really is interested in the properties we have for sale, they'll call us, you know, they're right. Yeah, Absolutely. So. <laughs> well, I actually, the funny thing is I got into this, this field because I originally started um, in roofing sales and uh, I realized I couldn't really compete with the boys as far as like, I didn't like getting up on the roofs as much. Um, I didn't have all of the construction knowledge that they had. I grew up in a construction family, but I wasn't always right there hands-on. Right. And I started to, I would get a lot of my homeowners oftentimes uh, would call me and they would get denials on their roofs and I didn't know how to help them. And uh, my, the owner of the company I worked with, he would always kind of chuckle at me because he would see me working late night and he would hear me asking a lot of questions and calling the insurance companies. And at one point I just realized maybe I'm on the wrong side of the fence. I was spending so much time and emotional energy trying to understand the process because I really wanted to help these people. Right. Um, 
and I found a public adjuster that I would uh, I would follow him around like a puppy dog, um, because on especially if you have a home that has a tile roof, those are very hard um, as far as getting covered by insurance. And so I went to an expert and said, can I just like trail around you and point out what's damaged and what's not? You know, how can I tell the difference between um, a crack that somebody has left by walking on the roof and a crack that has been done by hail damage? But right. that's how I got into the field was just mm -hmm. asking a lot of questions. Um, I, they always said that I had all the ugly babies in the roofing industry because I would get all the really tough cases and I had to figure out how can I help this homeowner? And I just got very passionate about it. And uh, ultimately it led me to the public adjusting side. Cool, how long have you been doing it now? I've only been doing it less than, uh, less than a year. I did roofing for about two years before I realized that wasn't the right place for me. Okay. Um, but I just find it all very uh, intriguing. You know, as far as you see these telltale signs, you kind of feel like a bit of a, a detective because you can really help somebody um, and make a difference in their life. I get, it's very flattering. I get called an angel quite a bit because even if we can't help them as public adjusters, I have a huge amount of knowledge on everything from, you know, solar to roofing to special loan programs that can help someone with a less than perfect credit. So I've learned through my travels, um, different ways that I can help people. In fact, my husband heard me talking just yesterday and he said, you know, it's funny, three years ago when you told me you were taking a roofing sales position, I thought you were crazy. I was thinking, what is she doing? He said, but now I hear you talk and you've helped so many people. It's, it's, I'm really proud of you. So that tells me I'm doing the right thing. I tell my kids, I still don't know exactly what I want to be when I grow up, but <laughs> that's right. Yeah. in the interim, I'm having a blast. I love meeting people and helping them and being a problem solver. No, that's great. And, and uh, you know, thank you for, for all that information. And, you know, so if people out there have a situation or they think they got a problem, they can call you. So how do we get a hold of you? Give me, give us your uh, phone number and your email address. Sure. Absolutely. Um, my cell number they can reach me at is usually the best way to either call or text me is, and it's a 985 number because I love New Orleans, so I'm never getting rid of it. It's 985 869-1350. That's probably the very best way to get in touch with me. Okay. All right. And uh, yeah. And uh, any, any, if anybody needs any background or any other information, I was just going to pull it up, make sure that, uh, you know, make sure that that's the number I had. I think that's the number I had. And then you had uh, the Ann at HBACFL.com. Yes, and you can email that as well. And you can also look up on our website, uh, Honor Public Adjusting. And it's very simple, uh, yet informative, where it will tell you a little bit more about what we do and how we do it um, and what kind of uh, problems we can help to solve. Good, good. Well, Anne, I really appreciate it uh, for all this information. And uh, I think uh, you provide a very valuable service and people need to know about it. So I'm going to put this into my podcast and I'm going to post it on the uh, Live Beyond 55 page. I'll tag you on it. Uh, I sent you a, a friend request on Facebook. I don't I know you're on vacation. You probably didn't see it, you know, and uh, and then uh, you know, hopefully uh, when people run into a situation, they can reach out to you and you can help them out. So 
uh, thank you very much for your time and uh, have yourself a great day and a great week. All right. Absolutely. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'll have to check my friend request. I think I was eating lobster at the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Rub it in, rub it in. I got to get my wife up there and, you know, I, I love it up there. I love, see, I love the seasons. It's just that I didn't like the snow, you know, it's like, that's why I moved south, but it is beautiful. I, I love the fall up there. You know, I've been through that. I've been through Martha's Vineyard and all that. And, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful. I've been through Maine and Vermont and that whole New England area there. It, it was just pretty fabulous. So, well, there you go. That's your, that's your homework then is to bring your wife to Maine and make sure you have lobsters right by a lobster pound and have a whoopie pie for dessert. And then you're, then a you're going to be a, a whoopie a, pie. Oh. A whoopie pie. It's not what you think. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. When you say whoopie pie, oh yeah. I, I was going to say something, but well, I, it's a 55 plus. So, you know, we, we, we can talk. This is not for, uh, for under 18 or under 21. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I, we, we were just talking about that being at my dad's 90th birthday and I'm one of nine kids. And whenever oh, wow. people say, wow, you're one of nine kids. I said, yeah, my family didn't have a TV. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When is your birthday? Uh, my birthday is September 13th. So shop early. <laughs> and, you know, I'm from Canada and I have several of my kids, you know, uh, September birthdays. It's cold up there. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I, <clears throat> you know, my birthday's my, I'm September the 9th. Uh, my, uh, my daughter, uh, the youngest one who's turning 19 in September, she's on the 12th. I have one on September the second. So like I said, it's cold up there. There's not a lot to do. And, you know, exactly. old, old enough that we didn't have color TV, you know, so. Right, well, my uh, my kids are, uh, two of my boys, I have four kids. My two boys are September 11th and September 12th. And then I'm the 13th. And so my mother-in-law used to tease us that we had to be separated around Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, listen, take care of yourself. Uh, good talking to you and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Take care. Absolutely. You have a great week, Alex. Okay. Bye for now. Okay. Bye-bye.